0: Well, good afternoon to you. This is Alan Seymour, your host here for yet another special interview, another great episode on the All in Sports Talk Platform Network on the future of sport. Now it is a rather special interview today because I'm going to go slightly off tangent here if that's the right expression. And we are the future of sport. We are sport and business, sport media, sport communication. But I'm going to talk to uh, Dave Garrett today uh, from Square Chapel Arts. And like lots of people, as well as their business uh, hat that they're wearing or their business persona, they also like me and you, are sports fans, and particularly maybe in football. So Dave, as an introduction, tell us about maybe your football team, and maybe a little bit about your role at the moment and how your career has evolved.
1: Yeah, so uh, yes, I'm Dave, I'm uh, originally from Chesterfield, um, so North Derbyshire, so I'm a very passionate Chesterfield FC fan. Uh, My My grandparents were kind of Derby fans, so I've got a... i have got i always kind of grew up with a bit of a fondness for them, but with being born and growing up in Chesterfield, big Chesterfield fan. Uh, I'm now living in Halifax, uh, where Square Chapel Arts Center is. We've got a a huge range of kind of life theatre, film, uh, comedy, everything, really. Uh, So I'm, as well as being the box office manager here at Square Chapel, I'm also the film programmer as well. So we have about... 250 different films screening about 600 plus times a year. So um, so I'm really involved in all the film stuff, but obviously still a really passionate Chesterfield fan as well, and still travel around and see them playing various places.
0: I mean, Dave, lots of us, lots of my audience, I mean, most of my audience are probably just like me and you, that they have an interest in all aspects of sport. You know, my show is called The Future of Sport, but the platform is all in sports talk. We love to talk about it, maybe through the art Centre and maybe through some of the the kind of films and, and entertainment that you're providing. How much is the uh, necessity to cater for your audience, both in terms of the product, as it were, but maybe as well um, to how you almost uh, see your audience um, patrons or or customers or people who visit the centre how much do you take on board their interest because i'm going to particularly focus maybe in today's world that you know fan engagement and what the fans want in football is becoming a much more critical and crucial area what are your perspectives on some or all of those issues dave yeah so i mean um at square chapel we're a Uh, A very vibrant community art centre So it's always been rooted um, in the community So we very much programme for uh, We try and programme for everyone So there's there's something uh, for everyone But as well as that we've got uh, a, a big bar and cafe rooted in the middle of the art centre as well. So we do actually,
1: we have quite an interesting crossover with sport really in that we get um, we're right next to the train station at Halifax. Uh, So especially on Sunday afternoons we get all of the Halifax Rugby League fans uh, coming over to us just after they've got off the train because we have such a good selection of real ale on the bar uh, that they always come in to us before moving on to the Shea uh, and watching Halifax and the rugby. Um, And I remember Uh, being a big Chesterfield fan the last season we were actually um, at Saltergate which was one of the last Great old grounds yeah. uh, in the country, and that's where they filmed uh, the Damned United.
0: Oh um, right! They kind
1: of had that. They had that as the baseball grounds, as, as Derby County's old ground. Yeah, and it was actually the, the last year before they knocked down
0: Saltgate and we moved to the new ground. Right. So they had they had license to repaint the ground. So they repainted the ground in Derby's old. Um, kind of base. They repainted it as Derby's
1: old baseball ground, so it yeah. was, uh, there was a lot of green in there, a lot of green and white. Whereas obviously Saltergate was a, a Chesterfield playing blue, so it was it was all blue. So um, so quite a lot of the season ticket holders that sat around with me kind of took part in the film um, as Derby County fans. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Michael Sheen was playing uh, Brian Clough. Really? And then, um, mm. for that last season, while we were at Saltergate they decided not to. With the, Ground because it had much money and it wasn't really worth it
0: for the last season. So uh, we actually spent the last season as as Chesterfield fans <laughs> playing in a playing in a fake baseball ground, which was which was really weird. So there is that really interesting link to where kind of film and theatre uh, cross over um, into sport, which is something I've always been uh, been really engaged with. I mean, I love that story, uh, and I mean that. I didn't need any justification because it is my show after all. But (laughs) integral to that, you know, is is the interaction and and the the kind of, I suppose, conversational chemistry that you can have with somebody. And I'm a massive, massive guy who likes narrative and storylines and crossover, as you've discovered there, and nostalgia and history and tradition and heritage. They're such a fundamental part of football and uh, I'm sure you're a very young guy, Dave, never having met you yet, but, you know, the <laughs> the, the kind of, you know, as you do, as, as I am, sadly, in one way, uh, getting a little bit older, you know, the reminiscings that come back and oh, those yeah, kind I of things, uh, you know, I, I I think are marvellous. The times of Chesterfield FC, um, they reached the semi-final of the FA Cup, did they? Yeah, no, so but, I used to work, I, it's funny, I used there to work, Work at a theatre in Chesterfield okay. called Pomegranate. So yeah. uh, I used to uh, work there as well. And when we had the massive FA Cup run in yeah. '97, yeah. Uh, got to the semi-finals, were cruelly denied a place in the final. And who uh, were you playing? When we, uh,
1: well, uh, it was against Middlesbrough.
0: Right. Uh, okay. And we were, and that was when the Middlesbrough had kind of Ravenelli. I remember uh, now. Yeah, Like that. It, yeah. Was the, it was the kind of big spending Middlesbrough team, wasn't yeah. it back yeah. then? Yeah. Um, and we were actually. Uh, 2-1 up in that match, and um, and I remember there, there was a shot, a very famous shot, that went about a yard over the line, blatantly over the line, and it, it would have put us 3-1 up with about 20 minutes to go, and the linesman actually
1: flagged uh, for a goal, but mm. David Ellery was the referee, and mm. um, overruled it, so he's always said in in whenever he has Q&A sessions in theatres and things like afterwards he always says that he drives around Chesterfield now because he's petrified of breaking down <laughs> in the town because he knows that he'll get automatically lynched because yeah. it, it really felt like I mean it was it was an incredible piece of theatre even though it was a, um, a game of sport yeah. because we were was so tantalisingly close yeah. and, and felt wronged that we weren't in the FA Cup final I think Middlesbrough went on to
0: Lose to Chelsea, I think in the in the final. I think um, yeah. I think it was when Roberto Di
1: Matteo scored one of the fastest.
0: That's correct. I I didn't. um, Yeah, sorry to keep interrupting, but it's wonderful to get these touch points. Was Kevin Davis playing for Chesterfield? He was. There you go. You see, yeah. Yeah. Against
1: Bolton, he was only sixteen. I 16 or just turned 17 at the time and scored loads of goals in that cup run including very memorable hat-trick against Bolton.
0: Yeah and he went to Bolton didn't he? Yeah yeah. at the
1: end of that season I think we sold him for did he go for about 700,000?
0: Well he he obviously Uh, in those days yeah not a huge sum in modern day terms but yeah and
1: then got a big money move to Blackburn,
0: I think, after he had been at Bolton for yeah. about a year or something, he still he still visits Chesterfield
1: quite a lot. Actually, you see, when you go to matches and things, he still has a uh, a presence around the place every now and then. Uh, and about a year ago, when we were looking for a new manager, it was uh, he was kind of at the time fronting some sort of consortium that may have been interested in either buying the club
0: or becoming the manager. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Kevin Davis link. Back to Chester, ah, guess, there like, you the go. Future. It was so important. Right. In that FA you heard it first here on the future of sports, some insight, some ins- Anyway. Can I can I ask you an, another kind of it's not deliberately provocative, I'm sure it isn't reasonably provocative even, but <laughs> as a as a as a as a fan and the changing landscape I suppose of, of, of what fans are expecting, and we've alluded to it in some ways. But, you know, the common fan, the normal fan, the guy who's been brought up, and you've used the word community, and it is your football club, you know, parental heritage, you know, and all of these things. But clearly it's changing, you know, the, the, the business of sport, maybe the um, the necessity to make it more appealing to all classes and all sectors and global interventions and so on and obviously the commoditisation commercialisation has, has played a massive part but do you see the survival of a club like Chesterfield and what would your expectations what kind of changes if any maybe would you think You know, and it's a broad general question Dave but have you got some thoughts and maybe transfer some of your business acumen or your thoughts as uh, a manager in, a, in, a, in an arts centre across to the football world
1: well, I think one of the I think one of the things that football really uh, miss out on is um, not exploiting is probably the wrong mm. word,
0: but um, but using that community aspect yeah. um, of the club because we're a charitable art centre here at um, Square Chapel. Yeah. Uh, we have the box office system where we don't charge booking fees or things like that, but we ask for donations on okay. of sale because it mm-hmm. helps us and um, it little £1 donations that people make enables us to go out in the community and do art workshops for older people or right. um, theatre for young people or things like that. Yeah. And I think there's very much a
1: case for the box office systems in the theatre world to move over into the football world. And I've, I've always thought if there were things like, you know, if you could buy your football tickets for a match um, but at that point of sale have an option to... Um, fund a player's salary yeah. or um, I don't know if, if the community projects were linked into when you were buying tickets so that you could help to fund uh, community projects as part of your football club and things like that and really help to um, bring other aspects of the community back into the football club. We've got a great, at Chesterfield FC, we've got a great um, uh, community um, strand right. attached to the football club. Where they do things like walking football for um, old people and yep. things like that, and I know Exeter City have a have a really cool thing where they have one player a year. Their wage is um, funded by the fans, mm-hmm. and I think they pay something like seventy pounds a month or something. Yeah, and they've got a small amount of fans that help to fund <laughs> the players' wages throughout the season, so that you get like a real um, you get a real visible view of. How your football club can become really rooted into the community, and how and how important that is. I think I think football has lost its way a little bit. I remember I'm I'm 34, now, okay. so um, I remember when I was in my early twenties, um, and people like I remember players like Dean Windass yeah. and and kind of Matt Letissier was always my
0: hero. Okay, the kind of. Growing up, where they, um, I think because they, uh, it sounds terrible, because they didn't look necessarily as, uh, as they, they had a bit more banter with the crowd, I remember Dean Windass always used to be yeah. chirping at the crowd when we were at Saltergate, yeah. and, and they always kind of had a look that they weren't as fit as everybody uh, as, else.
1: Yeah, I was trying to...
0: Sorry Matt Dean, later. you know. <laughs> it looked like uh, they were very much the people that you could absolutely up to afterwards, yeah. and and they were kind of like you and, yeah. uh, and stuff like that whereas nowadays I think I don't know I, maybe it's me getting older but it, sometimes it just feels like there
1: aren't as many I think it's sport in general to be honest I don't think it's just football but yeah. those like personalities in sport yeah. um, sometimes you know you're Usain Boltz and you people like that are kind of few and far between sometimes I think I think we've found with the Paralympics actually the Paralympic movement that they all seem to have that connection to the yeah, personal history um, in the way that some other
0: sports don't, so I think that's something that could definitely help to connect clubs to communities and communities to players and create that circle I mean, if I can here I mean, I think you've made some absolutely beautiful, we call it the beautiful game but they are beautiful points to make but not only that, they're practical, relevant and, and they're a little bit innovative and the insight and the feel for this is very important you know, I've done a lot of interviews with lots and lots of people but quite often there are lots of common themes running through and if we're talking as my show depicts the future of sport, you've got to think a little bit more creatively and, and think of some of the new initiatives and it's quite interesting and um, I have a lot of connections with lots of groups, fan engagement groups there's a big uh, colleague of mine called Mark Bradley I'll make sure he gets in touch with you I think because he does a lot of uh, fan engagement projects where he invites um, they're almost like mystery shoppers in a way but he supports people going into grounds and look at the whole uh, fan experience and so on and so forth. I've also spoken quite recently to lots of people involved in research into fan experiences and you know, it's quite clear, I mean in in my interview on the show this week um, a guy who runs the Northern Ireland Tourism Board amongst many things talks about, you know, not everyone can can win the World Cup. Not everyone can win the league, you know. And so you've got to always. But if you can become number one in something, or you can develop lots of new uh, creative innovations, then you're going to do this successfully, aren't you? And I think those ideas that Exeter have done, and you talk about with the community at, at, at Chesterfield. So. I think we'll kind of put that in a very a productive box from something that's definitely. I'm a
1: big fan of what
0: Forest Green Rovers do. As well. Absolutely. Great example, yeah. Because obviously, uh, making your
1: whole club vegan, yeah. and uh, obviously, the chairman owns Eco Electricity yeah. Company, so yeah, they're yeah. making the carbon neutral and all yeah. that. I think it's it's amazing when you get when you get um, football clubs, you know, the, the ten a penny aren't they, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, you can find one wherever you live. There's a, there's a local team. So it's all about you. And elevating your product above the, the ninety minutes, I suppose that you're that you're watching the team. Yeah. Although at the end of the day, that's the most important. It thing It is. Um, you know, everything else around it, creating that feel that people actually feel like they need to go and watch and um, their team for a certain reason. You know, um, the people like chairman and people that run football clubs. Um, it's I, th- I suppose it's easy for them sometimes to think we have a, a fan base that will always come to us no matter what because they've been brought up as our fans yep. but they need to do think a bit more creatively about how they continually re-engage them in different ways and we have to do exactly the same thing in the arts because art centres and theatres are ten a penny as well so there's, there's choice and people can go can go elsewhere and so you have to constantly be making things fresh and
0: innovative. And I think Dave, that, that's a beautiful little segue for me to move us on through this interview which is fascinating and uh, I think will be not only very informative and entertaining, but very, uh, I think, not only different in one sense, but, but quite illuminating for lots of people, because I do believe that the arts and theatre and film and, and, and live performance have got so many synergies with what sport is. It's, it's, it's a show, it's performance, and lots of people do get that. And ultimately, yeah if you support your team, Chesterfield, or in my case, Liverpool, I just want them to win. But also now there's a lot, lot more necessary. So let's look at Square Chapel Arts. Let's look at some of the, the things. So I come, I, I watch a play there, or, or I see a live performance. Does it just start and finish with my engagement with that particular performance? Where else do you go with either me as uh, as a obviously a consumer, if you like, or somebody coming to the theatre for the first time or the art centre for the first time. How would you develop my association and my experience with Square Chapel Arts, Dave? Yeah, so we're
1: uh, we're located right in the middle of Halifax and we're right next to, and actually connected to the Peace Hall, which is one of the uh, oldest uh, kind of open air cloth trading markets, I think it was when it originally opened. Okay. So it's a big heritage site in the middle of Halifax. So we get a lot of people coming into us that are just visitors to the area or are coming to us for the first time. So we make sure that, that the very first thing
0: is that they get great engagement from the get-go. And um, we have to remember
1: that um, as, as an arts centre, it's our work time. It's everyone else's leisure time. Um, so you have to remember that and always be always be smiling, always be engaging, always be happy. Yeah. Links back to sport and the amount of times you've been to a, a ticket office at a football ground and you just get uh, from the ticket office and you kind of think, no, this is your chance to say, I think we could win this weekend or or something like that, you know, and start Absolutely. that engagement process because that's where you start to charm people. Um, I work, there's a, a big analogy, uh, that I really like is in a, about dating. Right. And that you have to view your, your customers and your patrons in many ways, like you're going on a, a date. Right. Um, you know, that first date you have to, uh, impress, you have to look good, you have to say the right things. You have to have a conversation with people. You have to listen to them. They have to, you have to hear their opinions. Uh, you have to build up a rapport and then at the end of the day, you want them to come back, um, so we make sure that right from the start we've got a really good experience and people are buying tickets. We've got an amazing selection of uh, food and drink in the bar so that people's, people's evening out doesn't have to start when the show starts at half past seven. It starts a couple of hours before when they're having a pizza and a really nice beer in the bar. Um, and then beyond that, from there, we have really good um, like, uh, feedback and um, do post-show surveys and things like that so we're constantly finding out what people are thinking um, so that they want to come come back and go on another date yeah. you know? um, so I think yeah that's certainly how we view it This everything the, the key ingredient I'm part of the programming team so I help to program the shows as well um, so you've got to make sure there's a really good quality product that people want to come and see and pay good money for because this is their, their hard-earned money that they're spending uh, but, yeah, it starts a lot earlier than that. It starts the first step that they take into that building or on that premises. You need to be there to there to charm them and to, yeah, just have fun, I suppose. It's all about, at the end of the day, we, I'm on one of the most fun jobs in the world, I suppose. I just kind of mess around in the arts and mm-hmm.
0: make people have a good time. You know, I'm, I'm constantly pinching myself for... Um, how fun it is to be in a job like this. I mean, the correlation, Dave, sorry to interrupt, the the correlation here, as you rightly say, um, between, you know, keeping and retaining customers, I mean, it's a golden rule of marketing management, per se, anyway, and that, kind of fits in yeah. but with sport being so accessible so meaningful it plays a part uh, in in everybody's lives you know from eight to eighty. so finding those links i think and, and the synergies and the, uh, the correlation as i suggest between both sport and uh, in this case arts or theater or a live show it, it is beautiful and perfect let me just kind of you know we're coming sadly towards the end uh, of, of our short interview today but If I was to say, you know, you must have seen, you know, you alluded to uh, the the Matt Letissiers of this world and and doing uh, the live extras as a fan um, at the old Saltergate uh, football ground coming through into your uh, arena there, as it were. Um, I've had a look obviously a little bit uh, and I know some of the people connected um, to the theatre there uh, you know conversations with Willie Russell I think was one thing that I saw you know you must have been able to see some great people and some, some great shows so maybe if you can just capture the essence maybe of some of the great things or some of the you know some of the highlights if you can do that in the next few minutes as a closing segue on the that interview costs. Yeah, well, I've been here for about three and a half, four years now. So we've had some incredible people through the door.
1: We've had um, some of the really inspirational people that I've seen when like we've been in. We had um, we've had Doug Scott come here a couple of times. It was um, Everest uh, climbing. Yeah. He's got amazing stories and photographs from when he was climbing Everest, um, and we had.
0: Um, Last uh, last February, I think it was, uh, we had Simon Weston that came oh, wow. and did an evening on his life story. You see, the Falkland really guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah the Falklands there, then, um, and for one man to hold yeah. two hundred and fifty people in
0: a quite a, with quite a, an intimate space at Square Chapel. to yeah. kind of hold them in there in the palm of his hand really and, mm. and kind of tell
1: his story and then we
0: have a, an amazing range of theatre and things as well we've got, um, coming up with the season we've got Smashed on this weekend which is okay. like a huge um, worldwide juggling extravaganza, we've had to go out and buy a hundred apples today because <laughs> they <laughs> juggle with a hundred apples at the same time so there's really
1: fun things like that as well that just make you, yeah. you kind of laugh out
0: loud and burst out laughing really okay. um, and then with the film Obviously, we've, we show a, a huge range of film as well, but definitely the highlight, I, like, I think, coming up this season, Willie Russell and George Costigan. Yeah. Uh, George Costigan's one of our um, patrons who is in, probably in, people know him mostly probably from Rita Sue and Bob, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, he'll be in conversation with Willie Russell. Uh, fantastic. Of which, for, we've, we've, we've not, we're not far from selling out the event. Uh, there's only a few tickets left. Um, but we don't really know what's going to happen. It's going to be an absolute hill. What's thing. the date for that? Sorry, Dave, when, when is that on? Uh,
1: so that is near to the end of November. Um, I think it's the 26th, 27th of November. It's
0: all on our, um, our website. OK, well, I'll, I shall uh, definitely put that in my diary, and hopefully I'll find time to, to come over to Hanifax. Yeah, yeah, it's on the 20th, 26th of November. That's yeah. going to
1: be an incredibly funny evening, yeah. So there's lots of things like that appearing. All over our program, and, and like I say, there's things that you can make you laugh, things that can make you cry, um, kind of things that are quite uh, easy to watch, good fun. Other things that can be a bit more challenging, um, a bit like a football season generally. Really, you have those <laughs> matches that are a bit more challenging than others. Yeah. Um, certainly with this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, so our, our programs. That's yeah, wonderful.
0: Very rich and varied. Dave, I mean it's been great to interview you today a real privilege and a real pleasure to have this uh, first conversation there'll be many, many more similar conversations in fact some of the people that you've mentioned already in the interview um, I know I'll be talking to in, in the coming weeks and months in a variety of guises and, and ways so really great to meet you informally uh, uh, and, and over the airwaves almost here um, but I, I, I'm sure my audience will be delighted to get some insights into um, Square Chapel Arts and some of the world of uh, live performance and its links to uh, the correlations that I've described between sport and entertainment. Before you leave, though, Dave, just give us a, a few shout-outs, how people can contact you personally, maybe uh, a Twitter or an email or a social media, and also some details of the venue Absolutely. and how to, how to book tickets, etc., Yep, so uh, Square Chapel Arts Centre, we're very easy, just uh, just
1: Google us or you can find our website at uh, squarechapel.co.uk. Um, we've got our uh, box office is open, kind of 10am to 9pm every day, all the details on the website. Our, uh, our website as well is completely booking free, so um, completely free um, to book tickets, you just pay the ticket price and that's it. In terms of if anyone wants to just get in touch with me, um, Twitter's probably the best way, if you go, I'm at
0: Dave the Artist. And so if anyone wants to find me on there, I'm I'm always happy to have a chat, especially if you're a, if you're a Chesterfield fan, any Mansfield fans, then, well, that's a wonderful close because I'm going to have to face that I think with some of your colleagues in the coming weeks, with my Liverpool <laughs> hat on and and, and talking right, to some yeah. uh, to some Evertonians. But we're all part you've of the same. Around, yeah. We're all part of the same family. So huge thanks, Dave Garrett, today from Square Chapel Arts, and you have a great season there. And I wish Chesterfield uh, a, a, a hugely successful season as well. Many thanks, Dave. Yeah, you too, thanks very much. Cheers. Bye bye.